Hello and welcome to the Matthew Clark Podcast, episode three, where we sit down with the industry's key figures. Today we will be talking to Nuno from Quintilus Marques about his Portuguese wines from the Duro. Good morning, Nuno. How's your visit to London been so far? Good morning. I just arrived, so it's a short visit this time, but so far so good. Been some having some good times with Matthew Clark. That's right. So we're here today to find out a bit about, uh, and excuse my pronunciation, Quintilus Mercas. Yes. Um, obviously a really long history, and I think we've, we're tracing you back to around 1770. But can you just give us some background of, of the, the family and how it was set up and what's happened since then? Actually, it's the story Well, starts a little bit before of that. It started in 1714, or at least the first records. Um, and it's um, and it uh, tells the story about the man. Then tells the story about the man that was coming from a town called Mursa, okay. And this was a nobleman that had lands where the estate is now. So, because of that, and because that man and that family went to Mursa, the estates started to be called a state of the Mursas, of the people that were coming from the Mursa, okay? And that was back to the 1714. But then again, there was a, well, the door was marked in 1756, so some around 40 years later, and that was a big revolution because with the demarcation of the door, um, it, it started to categorize and to elevate the region to produce better wines. So this specific estate was classified with letter A uh, lands, so it had the conditions to make good wines already at that time. Fantastic. So your history is a little bit shorter. You've been at the winery for around 10 months, coming up to your first anniversary. So it was a very steep learning curve when you start a new job. What's been the most interesting thing for you uh, so far and what are you looking forward to? Well, I started in the industry actually 17 years ago um, with some other companies uh, and started in Spurão, which is um, the, the company that owns uh, Quinta dos Mursas, uh, started four years ago. So before of that, before of being focused at the estates, I was managing European and Asian markets. When I started at the estates, around one year ago, the challenge was to have a team that could, well, uh, leverage the, the estate, meaning we did the work uh, that took us around eight years to understand what we had there. Um, but we needed to, well, to understand where could we take it. So that was the, the challenge at the beginning. So for me, it was coming back a little bit back to the earth. It was starting to understand uh, about the soils, then about the vines, then about the vinification, then about the wines and what we're uh, making there. So uh, at the end, from the soil to the wine, there was a big learning process for me. Excellent. So you mentioned in that, uh, that little explanation about Espereo taking over the estate and obviously you worked for them before. Mm -hmm. So my understanding is they took over in 2008. Um, 
So what changes have there been since that takeover that you can explain to us? It's, um, well, well, first of all, the understanding of the past. Okay, so uh, when we arrived there, um, we had to deal with this huge diversity. The estate was there since always, since 1714, but before of that. But, um, and, and people, and the estate is really at the heart of the Douro. So people were seeing the estate every day, but didn't have the perception that that well, jewel for us was there. Okay, so we arrived there in 2008, and we had to understand the diversity that we had there because, well, the estate has north-facing vineyards, south-facing, west and east-facing, and it has an altitude between 100 and 400 meters high. And if you put on the top of that different types of soils, you understand that we're starting to have a complex talk. Uh, then years of vines, then uh, other type, other indigenous grape varieties, and other and other variables. So uh, at the end, um, what Spurão did is was to understand that, respect the the tradition. Then it started to change some agricultural practices, making, uh, well, transforming the, um, the way we produce organic to organic, from conventional to organic. It also took us some, some time. Then the philosophy is quite simple, is to make the wines in the vineyards and to interfere as less as possible inside of the wine. Excellent. So the, the quality of the wine is always at the forefront of your mind, obviously. Um, so just taking that step back, as you explained, going back to the soil, we look at the vineyards that you have um, situated on the, the right bank of the River Duero. Uh, you were talking about them yesterday being, rather than the terraces that we think of traditionally with Portugal, being steep slopes. I think 47 degrees was a, mm -hmm. a number that you quoted. So. That must be really stunning to stand there looking at that, where you're producing the vineyards. But um, what are the challenges that come with that? Well, first of all, if you think about gradient, it's hard work for the men and women that work there. So it's, it's, it's tough. Um, that's the first thing that you notice. When you're there, it's, well, 47 degrees, it's, it's, it's impressive. But um, when we look at the estate, 82% uh, of the estate has vertical vineyards. So that means they're not terraces, as you mentioned. Um, for us, that's very important because there's, there's uh, reasons that make us believe that's better because, well, you have the uh, original organic matter in the soils, for instance, you have a better sun exposure, you have less erosion, it helps us to be organic because it works like corridors for the winds, uh, and because of that we believe that we can make, uh, make better wines. Excellent, so moving, moving from the, the soil into the vines itself, um, all of your wines really are made with indigenous Portuguese grape varieties which are sometimes quite hard for people to understand. Not Chardonnay, Sauvignon, etc. Um, what would you say was special about these grapes? And just to get an idea with the vineyards, you say between one and four hundred meters high, which areas produce 
better results for which grapes? Well, well, first of all, about the grapes, they are the best grapes for that origin. Okay, they are the best grapes that adapt to that conditions. So that's that's the point. It wouldn't make any sense for us to, to well to have their other grapes. We've well some families had tested that, but for us it's about origin and it's about authenticity. Okay. So um, what what we what we have there is also a diversity in terms we uh, make things. For instance, we've spoke about yesterday about the field blends, and uh, and uh, a field blend is very important because it remotes to back again to the tradition, and it's having in the same parcel of lands more than thirty or forty different grape varieties. And that brings more complexity into the speech, okay? But if, if uh, from our talks yesterday and, uh, and some days uh, prior to that, if you notice, we're more concerned about the profile of the wine, the final result, the experience, than speaking about the grapes. So generally, when we talk about Portuguese wines, we talk about a certain profile not a specific grape variety. Uh, of course, altitude brings more freshness into the, into the team, but, but what we've done is that we've done a, a, a research that took us some years, and we have identified eight different terroirs. And eight different terroirs, it means also altitudes. Okay? So each, we, each terroir is a unity, has a unity. Okay? So a terroir that uh, has 100 meters high, uh, makes more, if it's south-exposed, south-facing vineyard, it brings more uh, concentration into the wines, okay? As you move higher, you'll have, well, you can have the same exposure, but you have more freshness. So what you have is more acidity, okay? And that's exactly what we're doing with our wine. So each we work per parcel, per unity of terroir, and that is shown in wine. Even if the wine has the same vintage, same year, the same vinification process, you'll notice immediately, okay, you'll understand. So that's, that's how we work. Like making a, a kind of a, a zoom, you know, with a camera, you're out, but you do a, a micro zoom into that vineyard and you understand precisely the, why that altitude gives you something to that wine. Well, it certainly shows in the wine, so hopefully that explains how important the, the different patches and different plantings are. Um, so in the UK at the moment, Portuguese wine, it's, it's not really a big fashionable thing, and uh, I'm sure you'll, you'll see through the sales figures that you know, it's, it's that way. But we are seeing some growth, and I think the complexity that you've described is maybe what stops some people exploring but um, what would you say would be the USP to get people to try these wines and um, you know, once they do try them I think the wines really sing for themselves so. well I think I think the first issue is that Portugal is over delivered for me totally if I if I if I look through ranges and if I do a tasting through well a blind tasting with key competitors uh, I think everybody noticed so in in a way people are uh, smart and people are also noticing that okay another thing 
is that we've been saying in Portugal that Portugal is going to be the next thing for some years now. So we still are on that. Um, but I believe there's a, a, a work to be done from the side of the producers with local partners, with local people, well, to take the Portuguese wines into the next level. So also from our side as a producer, we need to be professional and to help local people to make their jobs. And then again, people, common people that buy wine will notice that we are over delivering. And how can we tap into the UK market with these wines? Because I think you said they do over deliver on what they are. Um, it's just getting people to understand and get people to enjoy them. Yeah, I think the, well, saying over deliver is not enough. Well, people will notice that we'll over deliver after the tasting. So it's hard to sell Portuguese wines, as, as, well, as people that are listening know. Um, but what we're doing there is that we are looking for authenticity and to innovate a little bit. And by innovation, I mean uh, understand the past. Okay? And understand the past means less intervention inside of the winery. Okay? That for us, it's a unique selling point. Be, because it's it's related with origin, with differentiation, and with that specific location. Okay, it's if if the message is clear, it will take you almost there to that specific vineyard, uh, and that's that's important uh, for us. Uh, then we expect, of course, after the tasting, for people to notice that we are over delivered yeah well I think the opportunity that we had yesterday to taste through the range and and the passion that you've shown for the product uh, if we can tap into that it's certainly going to help us to uh, portray that same to our customers so one last uh, question for you really I know you're quite new to to the vineyards to Kinsetus Mercus um, but what do you see the future being uh, for Kinder's Mercas, respecting obviously the three centuries of history. The future for us, it will be always to go deeper, understanding the tradition, okay, and uh, and to go deeper in terms of understanding the soils, what are the soils, understanding each parcel that we have there. Um, I give you an idea uh, for the fort, uh, from the forty-eight hectares that we have of vineyards. Um, we make 50 vinifications, okay? Also to understand what we have there. Then also in terms of future, what we see is that we don't want to be everywhere. We want to be uh, and to have the right partners that can understand what we're doing there. So for us, it's a question of, of, of doing things right and deliver a message um, and not try to, to be everywhere. Just, just that. That's good. I think uh, that puts us straight on the road to success. So, Nino, it just remains for me to say thank you very much for your time this morning. And again, thank you very much for your time and the tasting we had yesterday. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew Clark. To find out more about the Quintilus Mercus range, visit the Matthew Clark website and don't forget to join us next time when we will be talking to Lucy from Accolade Wines.